All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Vienna Cars and Coffee podcast on a, a, a beautiful Sunday. This actually, the weather this week is a little bit more favorable than it's been in other weeks, but, you know, we've gotten by just fine. Some clouds in the sky, but again, a beautiful Sunday at Cedar Park Shopping Center. Um, we're here at our third event, our third Cars and Coffee. We pulled aside Mickey Conson. How are you, Mickey? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, Mickey's got a 1987 Lotus Esprit Turbo. Yes, yeah, so I bought the car about seven years ago, and mm. it's a car that I fell in love with in probably 1985 when I when I saw my first Lotus Esprit. So I've, I've always loved those cars and uh, always wanted to uh, wanted to own one. So probably about eight years ago or so, I started looking for one. Okay. Uh, it took me a year or two to find, and so I've had it for seven years. It's uh, it's a two-liter four-cylinder turbo engine um, but very light so only weighs about 3100 pounds so it's mm. it's very fast pretty sharp turning radius as well mm -hmm. yeah no look lotuses are great at turning and and cornering so that's what they're known for so they're really good it's you know it happens to be one of those uh one of those 80s cars that is uh really great to drive as well not not just good to look at i was gonna say it is great to look at too it reminded me too of i think i was telling you what i drove in high school which is a 1986 Subaru XT Turbo. It kind of has that same kind of body shape to it, mm -hmm. right? And the flip-up headlights and that kind of thing. What are some other unique features about it on the inside? <clears throat> because it's a uh, you know, rear-engine car, so one of the big problems uh, was essentially trying to keep it cool, and that is still a problem uh, mm -hmm. you know, today. So one of the fans has failed. That's the only thing that, that actually hasn't been able to be fixed on the car. But you, know, you mainly just want to keep it moving. So mm -hmm. I've learned not to uh, do anything in the Northern Virginia traffic uh, mm -hmm. out here. So it's definitely going to overheat. It's definitely going to shut down. Um, and the car has only one computer in it, which is controlling the temperature. So that's the one thing that's going to shut it down. And so I've had a couple of those. But otherwise, it's, you know, it, it's pretty original. Um, I think the paint was refreshed at some point but has the pretty much all original components, has the original radio, and I've had to you know, fix a lot of stuff but not replace any pieces. So it's in pretty original condition, about 30,000 miles, and mm. drives great. And you know, I, I take it into the shop every two or three years. I take it to foreign order in Manassas. They really kind of take care of me over there. But I don't drive it that much, but it's more reliable than my daily driver. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so you keep it covered in the garage I do, mostly? I yep. do keep it covered in the garage, exactly, yes. So what kind of outings do you take with it when you do take it out on the road? I like going out to the shows, you know, cars and coffee, things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, short trips, you know, around my house, take it on the highway, open it up a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I don't venture too far away from home. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't want to be too far away. But, uh, but mainly just trips around here, especially in the spring and the fall. It definitely does not like any kind of, you know, inclement weather. Uh, nothing mm -hmm. wet. It has a... Has a pretty strong takeoff, so any kind of wet, you know, tends to, uh, you know, tends to make it a lot less grippy. So I don't take it out in any kind of weather. Any kind of inclement weather. Yeah. And as far as like you said, the maintenance of it, annual maintenance, is that what does that involve? You know, honestly, I winterize it a bit, like I, you know, disconnect the battery, make sure the fuel is low, or put stabilizer in. But otherwise, I I do very little to it. it it's a pretty simple car. I call it, it's my analog experience in life, you know, um, <laughs> right. and it's, it's pretty easy. So, you know, I, I ordered the, the original uh, maintenance books from, from England because um, when, I, when I took it in, they said that, you know, it's just, it's really hard to, to work on a car they don't know. So I've got the original maintenance books, but 
it's a pretty easy car to work on. I don't do too much by myself. Uh, this coming year, I'm looking, coming winter, I'm looking to refurbish the, uh, the electric aerial. That's failed and it probably has water damage inside it. So it'll be probably 80% of the effort will be just getting it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll do some work on it and hopefully get it up and running by the spring. But otherwise, you know, it's a pretty low maintenance car, to be honest. I was going to say, yeah, it's, uh, and it has some pop culture ties in, too. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Remind us what that was in? So it was in a James Bond movie, the original, the original one. And, of course, it was the white one that basically turned into the submarine uh, <laughs> with Bond. So that's a, very, that's a sort of very iconic you know, movie event for this car. And then the, the next Lotus was actually in, uh, was in Pretty Woman. So, mm. so this was in 1987. It's an HCI, so it's fuel injection. Uh, which was the the first year and the last year they did that because they moved to the new Lotus Esprit after that, which is the one that showed up in Pretty Woman. And I believe there was also one in Aeon Flux, uh, a less like popular movie, but there was one that showed up in there uh, in there as well. And then of course the new electric Lotus is the fastest production car, although they you know at uh, I think a couple million dollars they only made you know a hundred or so of those. But mm-hmm. um, so they they were bought recently. By a Chinese company that's putting a lot of money into them, so we're looking forward to some new, uh, some new Lotus car runs now. I was going to say, I'm sure there's a whole community around Lotus as well. Mm-hmm. Have you found local communities of Lotus lovers? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a big and very active Lotus club here. Okay. So a lot of Evoras, Elises, but also some uh, some Sevens, so Caterham Sevens, uh, some Lotus Esprits, and so yeah, they do several several events a year. Uh, some of the embassy folks, you know, have lotuses as well, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's a it's a pretty big community. They do a big national event that I've I've not been to yet, so um, I would love to go to that. But uh, no, it's a very active community, and it's a real drivers community. So Lotus is really known to be a drivers car. Of course, they were they were originally just a racing company, is is really what they were, and so cars were kind of a side gig for them. Mm. And you know, over time, they've become they don't have their their racing team anymore. They've now become more of a you know an actual kind of car manufacturer. But their engineering division is still bigger than their car division, and so a lot of their oh, wow. engineering ends up in other cars, including the Tesla Roadster, for instance, and things like that. Have a lot of Lotus engineering in them. So uh, that's generally been the biggest part of their of their business and they're looking to kind of turn that now more into car production. So it's a four cylinder, mm-hmm. two liter turbo, mm-hmm. right? Any changes to the engine since you've had it or, or taken ownership of it? You know, when I when I got it there was a the steering column was cracked, the timing belt was, you know, was was mm. essentially coming undone. There was a leak in the in the water pump and the distributor was was not working correctly. So it was very dramatic and noisy when I got it it would drive so so I had a lot of what I would say aggressive maintenance done you know on the car Um, but otherwise I you know I haven't changed anything uh, to it 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 does have a methanol cooler in it which was which is aftermarket Uh, and the car was in Florida before I got it so Mm -hmm. I think you know just with the heat and the humidity down there that helped with the cooling so anything that helps with the cooling so that's the only real modification that's been done and so I you know I I keep that thing juiced up because it does you know it does help with uh, with keeping the car cooler especially with a turbo on hot days locally are there any shops that you go to that specialize at all with lotuses or is it maybe just one of several different kind of makes and models that that they'll service yeah no i I have not found 
a Lotus specialist shop here, but I uh, I have found a shop called so they're they're called Foreign Order. They're they're out in uh, actually I guess it's maybe Chantilly or Manassas, but uh, they actually used to be right by my house in Vienna and they moved out. But you know they work on a lot of uh, exotic cars. The guy, the specific guy that's worked on my car for all seven years, is a specialist in Japanese turbos, and so you know okay. kind of a similar, especially 80s and 90s, you know ZX 280s and so on. So it's actually it's a fairly similar car. But as I said, I uh, you know he asked me to <laughs> to buy the uh, the actual books, the maintenance books, and the I would say that you know that shop does a good job, but he in particular has looked after my car really well, and so he knows it now. So when he drives it, you know he knows how it's supposed to run and mm-hmm. uh, and how to make it better. Every time I take it in there, he tries to make it a little better. Yeah, you know, get the timing and the tuning done, and so you know I probably do that every couple of years just to just to see how much more I can get out of it. Very cool. Now. Where were you in 1985? You said this is when you first fell in love. I mean, what, was this high school? What, what, what stage of life were you in? And what was it about the Lotus that you fell in love with? I think I was going, so I was going into high school uh, in that year. And I remember actually seeing it at a casino. So my parents were, you know, we went to this casino resort. And I remember kind of seeing this, Ooh. you know, this car. And I, uh, I think it was like a prize or, you know, it was like the, the grand prize for something. I don't I did remember exactly what it was, but... I remember just thinking that it that it was such an elegant car and really exotic, very flashy. And so um, I'd seen the James Bond movie as well. So I just never actually seen one in person. Oh, very cool. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, I just fell in love with it then. And I've, I've never found another car that I've loved as much. So and I think probably about 10 years ago when I started looking at them, I, I actually realized, oh, I can I can actually afford this car. It's not that crazy to try to get a car like this you just have to be a little committed to finding the right the right mechanic in fact when i when i got the car insured one of the insurance requirements was that i had to actually have a mechanic on file before they would insure it so, oh interesting so that was okay. and they what they wanted to talk to him you know i think that's uh, that's sort of what led to the journey but i think 14 15 year old boys fall in love with cars and they almost never those very seldom get replaced uh, later on. So we're, t- we're talking, it was almost exactly 30 years after you first fell in love with uh-huh. it. And so in 2014 is when you actually yeah. bought it. And again, how did you find it? Uh, I found it on eBay. You know, what I found was that there were a lot of cars on eBay. So I would bid, I would lowball bid on cars just so that I could follow it. And the, you know, eBay car auctions are not like other auctions. They're not necessarily binding, but they also, what tends to happen is the auction doesn't finish. The car gets taken off the market. There's a sale, something, you know, people meet. So in order to find out what happened, you have to sort of bid. So I kind of lowballed bid on this on a, on a Friday night. I remember I was sitting out on my porch drinking a bourbon. I was like, oh, that looks like a nice car. I'll bid on that. And Saturday morning I woke up and said to my wife, we own a Lotus. <laughs> and she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I bid on eBay. And so to this day, my kids think I won the car. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, well, we, we did win it. Even though it had been from Florida, it was actually up in Maryland. So I drove up to oh, Maryland. Wow. Uh, nice. the, a dealer had it up there. And so drove up there. Uh, had a look at it, drove it around, and even though I could tell that it needed a lot of work, uh, the exterior and the interior were in such pristine condition that I just thought, no, this is fine. We Again, it, it's a pretty analog car. like it, It's not that complicated, so I knew I could get the engine fixed and you know anything like that, and so that's how it happened. So I just, I had it towed down. Uh, I knew I didn't want to drive it down, you know, like the 100 miles or so. Sure. Uh, that's how it happened. So it was a little, you know, it was a bit surprising to, to win it, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I've been, I've been very happy with it. If it was in Florida, 
and you needed to tow it back, would you would you still be following through with it or a little too far away, you think? No, absolutely, yeah. Okay. I actually bid on a car in Texas that I was really sad to lose. Um, oh, and so, okay. uh, you Another know, Lotus, or was mm-hmm. it a... Okay. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, most of these Lotuses are in Florida, Texas, or California. So, oh, interesting. So it was actually very unusual to find one in Maryland, um, like that close. Um, so, you know, I think just given the weather and the car scene, those three states tend to have the, the best sort of car scenes and the, and the best cars. Interesting. How did you find out about Vienna Cars and Coffee? Uh, on Facebook, actually. So, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of friends, uh, you know, and obviously I'm, on, I'm in a lot of car groups on okay, Facebook. I so, <laughs> um, And so I found out about it. And to be honest, I've been looking for smaller, more local groups. And I knew there were a couple popping up, but I was really excited to see this one pop up. It's pretty close to me, and it's a really good, easy location and just a great variety of cars. Oh, that's awesome. Is this your first one, uh-huh. first event? Yeah first event and you're already our spotlight so that's pretty good one for one <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm very excited i'll be back and you're here with your daughter kira i'm here with kira yes okay. she's she's my i have four kids but she's my uh, she's my gearhead kid so nice she likes coming along to these events and uh she likes to drive so so she gets to come along and yeah, does she, she get behind the wheel of the lotus she she does uh not get behind the wheel of the lotus yet so actually none of my kids have my two older <laughs> ones have not been allowed to drive it but um i have as her birthday present this year, I told her that I would teach her to drive uh, the Lotus, and she could she could drive it. So that was her that was her gift this year. So we're we're still in process with that. I was going to say, I imagine Dad's going to be in the passenger. Uh, oh yeah, side right. Yeah, yeah. So, so no tooling around with friends just yet. No, oh no, <laughs> not for a long time. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. Well, listen, Mickey, we really appreciate you coming out. Thanks for bringing family. Thanks for bringing the Lotus again, your first event, and already a spotlight um, on the Vienna Cars and Coffee. Hopefully we'll see you for more future events. Yeah, I'll definitely be back. Yeah, no, this is fun. And uh, again, for all of those who haven't joined us yet, come on down to the Cedar Park Shopping Center. It's right at the corner of Park and Cedar Lane in Vienna, Virginia. Again, it could be your first time here, and we pull you aside for Best in Show. That's really what this conversation is. Congratulations, Best in Show. And uh, again, this is Mickey Conson with his 1987 Lotus Esprit Turbo. So really appreciate you taking time to sit with us. And uh, we hope to see you at more events. Thanks for organizing. Appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening again to the Vienna Cars and Coffee podcast. Again, we broadcast live right here in Vienna, Virginia. I'm your host, Rick Bernstein, and we hope to see you at our next event. Again, Vienna Cars and Coffee is the first and third Sundays of each month. So we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Mickey. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Vienna Cars and Coffee podcast recorded live from Vienna, Virginia, every other Sunday, where we feature more cars, more owners, and other voices from the community. The Vienna Cars and Coffee podcast is a Voice of DC production. 